an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash, he did the monster mash, the monster mash, it was a graveyard smash, he did the mash, it got on in a flash, he did the mash, he did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires. Hi, and welcome to, um, I guess it's episode three of the Travel Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. I kind of hesitated there because even though I guess this will be my third upload, I have kind of recorded like seven episodes now at this point. Um, however, they all don't turn out so well, unfortunately. I've I've had to uh, learn a few different lessons, unfortunately, when it comes to the recording process and figuring out some mistakes along the way. Um, but here we are again. I am going to keep going until I get this damn thing right. That's that's what's going to happen. So yeah, this week it's been another week in trouble, and I'm going to go through a few different topics. But probably the biggest event this week is definitely the Travel Week party for YTP. We uh, Hosted a Halloween party for the young travel professionals in Toronto, and what a, it was awesome! It looked really cool. My boss went all out on decorations, and it turned out really well. And we had a great group of people show up, and actually in costume, which I was very thankful for because I don't want to feel out of place with my costume. Um, if you want to see the photos, go to facebook.com/travelweek.ca, and you'll be able to see them all. And it, it was a fantastic event. So thank you for everyone who showed up to it. Um, so a few different topics I'm going to cover today. Let's start away. Um, I want to talk about the um, Royal Caribbean campaign that came out last week. It was uh, the Come Seat campaign that is targeting millennials. And basically uh, with this campaign, it's they're using a, a lot of different mediums, a lot of different social media as you would expect when it comes to millennials. It's always the, always the key, apparently, is some social media. Um, and they've done some really awesome spots. I'll, I'll play the music for you now because I, I really dig the music. Um, and we are clicking on this one. Get it. Yeah, no, I really like the ads. They have some really, really cool spots. Uh, one thing I am really intrigued by, though, is that they plan on using Periscope, which, if you're unaware of, is kind of this live broadcasting service that you can use on social media, and then it's kind of one and done as you you kind of you show it live, and it doesn't record. You don't get a recording afterwards. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about this. I feel like maybe it's a bit of, like, you know, it's the, the big gimmick at the moment is to use it. I feel like if you're putting a lot of effort into making them good and good production values, then it's really just better than use YouTube. Mainly because, you know, you have it forever, and if it's a really good video, you've got chances of it going viral um, and more eyes seeing it. You've also got the searchability factor. You've got people like Travel Week who will probably embed it into a news story. We can't do that with Periscope, so that's kind of my one thing that I'm, I'm curious to see if uh, how well they do that. Um, I'm sure, you know, if it's them using it as themselves... 
the way you get people on there is through prizes, I assume, and maybe using hosts people are interested in seeing. But again, I don't know why people would... I don't know why people necessarily want to go to search out an advertisement. Unless it's really good. And if it's really good, put it on YouTube. That's my feeling on that. Um, unless the Periscope, I could also see them using influencers like YouTube stars and that sort of thing. And getting them to use it. Which I see a bit more reasoning behind. Because I've been at events where I've seen YouTubers do that. They pull out the Periscope and do like a live performance for their audience. Uh, it does kind of give you permission to kind of have a crappy footage, to be honest. Because... You know, it's kind of expected on there. You're just going to pull out your phone and kind of do, like, the selfie cam. Um, and not, you know, set up the tripod and get the good lighting correct. So, um, yeah, no, I'm curious to see what they do there. I'm sure there is ways to make it work. I'm just I'm just not sure if it's better than the other social media platforms that you can be using. Uh, speaking about uh, going after millennials, the other one was Aloft last week. It also announced that they can, you can now book room service through emojis. Emojis are those, like, little cute characters that you can send via text or... I'm not even sure, to be honest, because I don't really use them. I guess it's, like, on any social media platform. If it's, like, that little... Those little animations, um, I guess that's considered an emoji. I'm not sure if it's, like, like it's specific to a medium of Twitter or Facebook or just social media. Like, it could be text. I don't I don't know. Because I don't really use, use them, speaking as a millennial. I just think this is a gimmick to get publicity, and it worked. That's my feeling on it. I don't think this is convenient to text a bunch of emojis your room number and you know your um name to a number that you probably have to you know type in that's a lot of typing when you can just pick up the phone and dial zero and speak to a real person that's why that's my i feel in this one way because it's not convenient at the end of the day i feel millennials are more after convenience than anything else but you know for the meantime i'm sure it's a fun gimmick for people to do and i mean again i think this is more for press uh, and I think that worked in that case, so congratulations to Loft on that one. Um, one tweet that went viral this week, and it was so adorable, was like this fat, 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 fat dog getting off first class on an American Airlines flight. It, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a St. Bernard, and he's huge. He's just, like, you know, obviously St. Bernard's are big, but this one's like twice the size it should be in just pure girth. It. And he has, uh, he's been carted along, because apparently he can't walk, um, by his owner, um, and yeah, I guess, pe- people on the flight were rather surprised to see such a, a big dog, um, sitting in first class that apparently the owner had paid for the ticket for. It's, um, it's just such a cute picture, and it was a very popular story on Travel Week today, uh, <laughs> we were just like, eh, it's not news-related, but it's just funny, so we decided to post it, and, uh, it was, it's very cute. I highly recommend going out there and watching that one. Another story out there is Calgary is seeing petitions at the moment to rename their airport after Prime Minister Harper, uh, as he is now leaving his position. Obviously, there's a bit of backlash at the moment. I don't think Harper is the most popular Prime Minister, um, but I think that will eventually die down. I think most people end up being somewhat forgiving to long-term Prime Minister's at the end of the day, but I think at the moment it's a little too early to be calling for a naming of an airport after him. I think in five years' time, you'll probably see people will be less angry about these petitions. So that would be my advice to people who are trying to get his airport named after him, is just give it five years, five, ten years. I'm sure you'll get it through then. 
so uh, something that came across my desk recently is Ecuador. They have this new campaign called Feel a Game Project. And basically what they did, they got um, teams from the US, UK, Germany, and Canada, uh, all different artists, like about, I think there's four artists in each team, and they're all different mediums, so they're not all, like, you know, painters, some are painters, some are photographers, some are YouTubers, they, they all have different specialities, and they're all creating different visual mediums based on their trip, and I think it's a really cool idea, I think it's always good to get people out there who are naturally going to promote your destination for just being exposed to it. And that's basically what they've done here. They're like, we're going to send you on a trip, we're going to show you around, and please build a project related to it. So I think that's it's a really clever idea. These people already got built-in audiences. They're already going to be creating... They're already going to be creating something that's going to promote you uh, in a very beautiful way, I assume, to be fair. I haven't seen any of these artists work. Maybe they do some wacky stuff. We'll see. Um, but I think it's it's a really good campaign. One thing I will criticize, though, is that they created a bunch of videos, uh, kind of a diary log, I guess, a bit a more professional vlog, I'd, I'd say it's called, um, and they're like 30-second bits, but they all use the same song, and if you're watching them in chapter format, which they kind of, like, they're, they're very much an episodic, like, there's, you know, Team USA Day 3, and then there's, like, Team USA Day 4, and they all use the same song, and if it's 30 seconds long, you get very sick of that song. I'll, I'll play you one now. As you can tell, it's very inspirational. It's very, it's nice music. Um, but it's not subtle music either. And when you, that was me. I didn't skip to the next one. That was just me going through the playlist. So now we're hearing the song again. <laughs> and I think it makes it hard to watch these in episodic format. Like, and they're not. This it seems. Here we go again. Anyway, I think you get the idea. I'm going to pause this now. And they're also, like, the, the 30 seconds long. I'm not... There's very little of a story to be told here. I feel if they expanded them out a little more and they did have more of a vlogging aspect to it, so they talked to people about their experience, I think I would enjoy that a little more. But, I mean, I, this isn't... This is probably more of the side aspect to it. I think the, more, the main aspect of it is... The artwork that they will be creating themselves. So I um, will be posting an article tomorrow about this on triweek.ca, which will have some pictures of you know, from the Canadian photographer who went. So check them out. But I, f I think overall it's a clever idea. I just that one aspect on the playlist kind of like yeah, they got my attention. And I wasn't analyzing. I was just I was watching it, and that's one thing. I'm like, oh god, it's the same song. Oh god, it's the same song again. So that's one thing I will criticize and point out that I would change. Another story that we posted today was that Chicago City Council had approved a plan for a George Lucas museum. Basically, George Lucas has wanted to build a museum for a while, and he was wanting to get it done in South, uh, San, sorry, not South San Francisco. And Ron Emanuel, who to me is always Ari from uh, Entourage, if anyone watched that show, Ari is actually inspired by Ron Emanuel's 
brother, who apparently is an agent, and from all reports, Ron Emanuel swears just as much. So, uh, I always found that a little bit interesting. Yeah, he's building a 300,000 square foot uh, Lucas Museum for Narrative Art, it's called. It's going to be just south of Soldier Field. Uh, there are some people a little bit annoyed that he is building this on the border fronts, and uh, they are suing him to try and not get it done, but he's got the support of the council, so it's, I feel like he's probably going to get this through. Uh, and it's amazing get for the city that he's basically paying for it, and he's paying like $400 million for it. So it's not going to be, you know, a cheap building, and they're getting it for free, because the council don't need to pay for it, and it's going to be a huge attraction, obviously with Star Wars, um, you know, American Graffiti, Indiana Jones, there's going to be a lot for it, like, um, so the article says, the article says, what's going to be in the museum? It may officially be called Lucas Museum of Narrative Art, but it will be almost certainly be known as the Star Wars Museum. This means there will be plenty of artifacts and costumes from the Star Wars films, and Lucas has said there will be artifacts from the Indiana Jones movies and other films. But along with props and storyboards, the museum will also include three auditoriums with, where visitors can watch films and attend lectures and workshops. Not only that, but the museum will showcase artwork Lucas has been collecting since college, including illustrations by Norman Rockwell and N.C. Wife. I'll admit, I don't know who N.C. Wife is, so I apologize if I'm calling that wrong and coming off a little bit ignorant, but... You know, I have no clue who that is. So yeah, congratulations to Chicago. That's a huge get for them. And I'm a little bit surprised that Disney didn't make this a contract stipulation that he couldn't do this. Because I'm sure they've got their own big attractions in the works for Star Wars. And they don't need another one uh, to compete with. So, But, you know, George Lucas obviously worked out of a fantastic deal. And the man has a lot of money. And he's going to spend a lot of it on a vanity project. And good for him. So... Congratulations, Chicago, and congratulations, George Lucas, on that deal. Uh, so that's, yeah, basically all I wanted to talk about this week. If anyone has any questions or wants to read more about the stories that I've talked about, travelweek.ca is where to go. If you like what you heard today or have any comments, questions, advice, uh, tweet me at AUS. But until next week, I hope everyone has a great Halloween and enjoys their week in travel.